They are the Chai Kids. Chai Kids. For Kids. By Kids. Good afternoon and welcome to the Kha Kids Show on 101.9. Thank you for choosing the Kha Kids Show on Chai FM. My name is Mira and I'm 10 years old and I will be hosting for you today. This is Kha Kids, for kids, bar kids. So coming up on Kha Kids today, I will be interviewing Justin Witten, Space Engineering Manager at the South African National Space Angel Agency. So stay tuned to 101.9 High FM to learn more about what he does and how fun it can be. Also on the show, I have a tongue twister to challenge your mouth, a DIY project which you can play with. And at the very end of the show, listen out for Montgomery Jones and the search for the Lost World of Fantasy Stories audiobooks. They are really interesting and super amazing. You can also get the full stories on Miss Stop Productions channel on YouTube or on our website at highfm.com. Here are the details if you have any questions for my guest or if you want to say hi to your friends and family. The SMS number is 34519 and is charged at 1 rand and 50 cents. You can also send me a telegram on 061-895-1019. And please don't forget to sign your name. You can also call us on 0101-403020. On that note, get ready for a very interesting show on Chai Kids today. Chai Kids. For Kids. By Kids. This is Chai Kids. For Kids. By Kids. My name is Mira and I am your host for today. Before we start the interview with Justin Witten, Space Engineering Manager at SANSA, I want to introduce the tongue twister for today. It is 33,000 feathers on a thrush's throat. I repeat, 33,000 feathers on a thrush's throat. A bit later, I will count how many times you can say the tongue twister in 10 seconds. So call me on 101014030.20 to see if you can say it faster than me. I have Justin Witten, Space Engineering Manager at SANSA, with me in studio today. So if you have any questions for him, you can send them on 34519 or Telegram to 061-895-1019. Good afternoon, Justin. How are you today? Hi. Good day, Mira. Um, thank you. Um, I'm very well. I'm very good. Hello to all your listeners as well. Okay. So, my first question is, so can you actually... So, how long has Santa been around? Okay. Um, Santa's been around officially for about 11 years. That's not that long. It's not that long. It's, uh, we've been doing a lot of things in space as a country for a long time. Since when? Over about 80 years. That's a long time. Studying the sun, you know, and the effects of, of solar radiation, etc. That, that, that's a lot. Um, um, so how long have you worked at SANSA? I've been there seven years now. 
that's that's really nice and what is your favorite part about working at Sansa and with like space and stuff like that you know we look it's a, it's a privilege to work in an organization like that where we're working for um, our government for our serving our people uh, the fav- best part is the, you know having to the kind of people you meet while yeah. you're in this role you know um we, yeah. we 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 meet a lot of crazy scientists and a lot of mm-hmm. uh, bright bright people with crazy ideas that's so nice. you know and uh that that, that is that's the ex- interesting part that's you would really never cool. normally bump into those guys you know, girls, yeah you know? yeah so why is it so important to learn about space well, you see, space um, allows us to look at the world in a different way. So we are able to see what's happening around the world in certain areas. Remember, the world doesn't have borders physically from space. It's just land and it's just sea, right? Yeah. So if we can, can observe what's happening on, on the planet... We mm-hmm. can start looking at things like the changes in the weather, the climate, um, farming, water levels, quality of water. So we can start letting the government and you know people know in advance that there's something's going to happen. We can predict what may happen, like there's going to be uh, um, droughts. So we we okay. gotta ensure our dam levels are, are good. We can see that there's yeah. some some algae growing in the water, like in Hardy's, you know. So and we can help them to to decide what to do. So if there, if you can keep the dam levels at um a good level, like do you have to like add lots of water. Of of course, you'd need lots of water to keep the dam levels. But what we use space for is to say, hey, if there's a flood. Because dams are, f- are, you know, um, filled by rivers, right? Mm. And what, what happens is we have people building some, living around certain areas, around rivers, for example. So what we do is we can have maps that we let the government know of if there's a flood and the water goes up to this high, you're going to have a problem with some people with you know who's living around in in these low lying areas it yeah. doesn't look like it you might feel that you're far away but we can measure these things from space yeah that's that's cool so you're the space engineering manager at sansa what does that mean and what is your job okay so we our our, our main goal is to set up space systems for our country, right? That's whatever it takes. You know, you need to have a satellite typically. The satellite must get in a rocket and, and get out to space. You're going to need it. You know, those big dishes that you'll yeah. see. Um, you typically, they, they're tracking satellites. They've got to know where these things are and download the, the data. Yeah. And, and then there's all this stuff is going to get the data down and put it into some format that is graphs and maps so that people can read it and look and say, ah, oh, we're going to have a problem there. So so my job is to look at all of those aspects, all of those things that one needs 
for mm-hmm. the system, the satellite, the satellite specification, what type of yeah. rocket, and stitch oh, yeah. all of those things together. For example, it's like, um, it's like a car. M- my job is like putting the car together. You okay. have wheels, which is pretty useless as wheels just laying there, right? Yeah. You've got an engine, which is just an, an engine. engine. But to m- put the wheels and the engine and the chassis and everything, that's my job as a systems engineer, yeah. is to make sure they all know how to fit and it works for the total purpose, not yeah. just the engine as an engine and the wheels for wheels. So for space system, it's the satellite, the rocket, the day. Well, that's my job at, at, yeah. at the uh, space agency. Mm, okay. That is like the most excitingest job ever. Like, how <laughs> did you get a job like that? Like, it's amazing. <laughs> well, I must say I've been very blessed. Um, we... We... Um, it, you know, it comes with a bit of um, previous experience um, mm. that uh, you need to have some qualifications and you've got to have some experience in certain industries so that you could actually add value in the job like that, you know. So, yes, education is important. I've studied further at university. And then, of course, I've worked as an engineer in the aerospace industry for about 10 years before I got the job. Okay, so you mentioned that you needed to study stuff at university. What did you need to study, and did you have to study rocket science? <laughs> Everyone thinks that. So no, I'm I'm not a rocket scientist. Um, they took far too clever for me. I I did mechanical engineering um, at uh, UCT undergrad, mm. and then I did a master's in aeronautical in uh, overseas in in France. Um, specialized masters. So that allowed me to, as I was working in the aviation industry, the aerospace industry, on on aircraft. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, there was no real studies in space, like satellite yeah. manufacturing or satellite engineering. But the skills that you learn along the way is always applicable to to the environment. So now there are places in the country where you can go study satellite. Yeah manufacturing and engineering such mm-hmm. specific fields. Um, mm-hmm. Stellenbosch University, Cape Peninsula University of Technology in, in Cape Town, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was my path, and I was I was just lucky to get the job. You've got to apply. <laughs> I guess. So, I saw that South Africa has built its own satellite that went into space this year. Can you tell us a bit about that, please? Certainly. So... We had um, launched uh, our first constellation of satellites. A constellation is just more than one. Um, and there were three, actually, together. That's so cool. And the mission was called the MDA Sat mission, which is a, the satellites are about the size of a loaf of bread. Small. Yeah, but they're powerful. And they are looking... They are sensing the um, signals from ships in our ocean so that we can see what ships are legitimately there. But if, how do they send ships, how do they send ships if they're in space and not the ocean? All right, so by law, every ship needs to have a little box that sends a signal called an automated identification signal that says, this is my name, for example, your name, your surname, your ID number, 
who your parents are, your address, that kind of information, right. every ship has to send. This is where I'm coming from. This is my route, where I'm going to. This is my longitude, you know, coordinates. This is uh, the information about where the ship, and it, it's automatic. It just goes every couple of whatever minutes, sends yeah. it out into the, into the world. Mm -hmm. So these satellites go over, pick up these signals, like a radio signal. Yeah. And picks it up and then it sends it down to the big dishes that we have mm -hmm. and we download and we say okay we get a list of all the ships at the time and the position and you know are they fishing are they carrying cargo yeah. are they coming from London and passing by to Madagascar we, we know all these this information on the, and yeah. these little three satellites literally the size of a loaf of bread three of them are spinning around the Earth orbiting at about every 90 minutes they pass over our area. That's quick. That's that's pretty fast. They're going a couple yeah. of thousand kilometers an hour. Why? Um, <laughs> an hour, thousands per hour. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's, it's uh, um, so, so basically, that mission was a um, the three satellites. We we're trying to test how the how good these satellites are at picking up these these uh, ships because you know we have a, a big coast, and secondly we're also testing our, you know, how we manage these things. We're trying to get things moving operationally. So uh, they're doing they're doing quite well, and um, we're very happy with the performance mm. to date. Okay, so were you there when they launched the rocket from? Um, from um, Cape Canaveral? No, I unfortunately was not uh, able to be there. Oh, that's bad. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully to get to the next one. But okay. but I, I, I that would have been awesome, I must admit. But no, I wasn't, uh, not at this one. Okay. What would you recommend to kids if they want to study and get involved in space, like learning? about space and space study and yeah. well you know basic things up math you, you got it you got to know you know get your head around your maths and and physics that's the fundamental oh, the yeah. basic stuff you got to you got to know um, trust me it gets a lot more interesting mm. at school it's it's pretty boring and confusing keep at it like I did I'm not the smartest guy but I think uh, it makes a lot of sense when you when you figure it out and then, of course, you know, um, computers, coding, th that's another incredibly yeah. interesting field. And in everything we need today, especially with space, mm -hmm. is uh, software-driven coding, robotics. You know, it all needs coding. And so those are the my, that's my advice, you know. Mm, okay. What is one important thing that you must check before the rocket is launched? Well, there's about a a thousand things you got to check. <laughs> uh, sure. The one important thing, I don't the know. The most important thing. Make sure nothing's flying over you. You don't want to bump into something on the way up, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. How long can a, a satellite last in space until maybe it has to come down or something like that? A satellite? Yes. Wow. Okay. So that's quite an interesting question, Mira. We can design satellites for as long as they need to be there. Um, the problem is that 
we've got this. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure you've heard about uh, space junk. You know, all these no. bits and pieces of old satellites well, maybe that's f- floating around, orbiting the Earth. It's, mm. it's, it's not as much as as it's as um, the pictures make it look to be, but but, there's but a, they're still there. They're still there, you know, and that was because. It's pretty bad, you know. Before people, countries just built stuff, sent it up, and after you know, ten, fifteen, whatever years, just end of life, switched it off, and you know, we, they were happy. Sent over another one. Now, uh, we, as uh, you know, the countries that are, are using space and sending satellites up there, we signed an agreement that we were going to ensure that whatever's mm-hmm. up there, that we send from today, this year is going to come down within 25 years. Hmm. That's quite a long time. But it's a commitment to ensure that, you know, we, we, we're cleaning up our space backyard, you know. Mm. You can't keep on putting things up there and think it's it's not going to bump into somebody, you know, hopefully never. Yeah. So 25 years is the limit, basically. Okay. Um. um so... How do you keep track of the different satellites? Um, because I'm sure you've launched quite a bit. How do you keep track of them all? Well, so, so <laughs> that's a bit of a tough one. You see, what happens is there are one or two organizations in the world, some companies that mm-hmm. um, the, U- the United States military, for example, has a, a unit, and in that unit is a, a bunch of uh, very... Expensive mm-hmm. computers that can track mm-hmm. everything in space that's bigger than a Rubik's cube. Wow! So if it's smaller than a Rubik's cube, you can't track it. They can. They just don't need to tell you. I guess so. I mean, what anything smaller than that's pretty useless, right? But for satellites, they 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 let you know that yeah. this is the description of where it is in space and time. So there's there's quite a few. The equation is so long it takes up two lines on a page yeah, with all the different things you got to know. That's a lot of lines. Well, it's 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 called a two-line element, a two-line equation for the purpose of so you know exactly when is is your satellite going to pitch up over there or over there over there, and you can aim your antenna and you can and you. They, they're very accurate. They're very good at that. But that's how we know. Mm-hmm. We need to get this equation with the information in the equation, mathematical equation. You see math again. Yes. Um, put in the knowns and, and things to, to get the answer so you can aim your antenna. Your DSD V dish is permanently uh-huh. pointing in one direction. Mm-hmm. That's because those, that DSTV satellite is turning as the earth turns oh, so it's always yeah. pointing in the same direction but sometimes like like these little ones these three that we launched are going around the earth n- you know every 90 minutes but the earth so moves yeah that's a little bit complicated too mm, okay <laughs> <laughs> but we'll know when it's passing over and we can then aim the dish and we can point it and it goes with actually moves at the same rate as the satellite is moving over. That's cool. Um, so Santa is busy with lots of different projects at the moment. So can you tell us about some of them and the different kinds of projects? 
let's talk about one at a time. Wow. Yes, okay, so I think very exciting is a, uh, a new building that we have put down in the Western Cape in Amanus. Wow. It's called the Space Weather Operation Center. What does that do? They check out the weather from space. Okay, it's not that simple. So the sun, they study the sun. There are a bunch of very clever people sitting down there, and they're looking at the effects the sun has on Earth. Who, I can't, who, what, who does that? Uh, the scientists that sit there that are in that particular environment. Um, they have studies on the magnetic fields of the Earth. They study mm. how the, the, the radiation from the sun comes into our atmosphere and what effect it has on your cell phone signals, um, power lines, um, you know, communication channels on aircraft, radiation um, on your skin. Um, yeah, th there's quite a lot of uh, hmm. things that the sun can do. Um, and bad negative. It's just radiation. It's just high energy okay. particles from the sun, right? There's things called solar storms, for example. So these guys, they've put down a, 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 a building. Where, when have they, when are, when, when are they going to be done building it? They are done. We're waiting for the launch, uh, which is planned for the next couple of weeks, depending on the so cool. ministers that we have invited to, to mm. do the opening. Okay. So that's a really exciting when, project. When was it done being built? Quite literally, about three weeks ago, they were they oh. were complete with the project. They needed to now have the ceremony to cut the ribbon and you know all have all the dignitaries and important people there because it's a government-funded uh, building um, and and capability. Mm. It's for us to understand better how we can protect ourselves, our, our infrastructure, uh, computers, network, whatever, mm. um, and. Uh, that's the one project that we we uh, um, very excited about. Mm -hmm. um, there are one or two other things that we are looking at for for building satellites, right? Mm -hmm. um, won't can't say too much about that. Um, the it'll come out in the news, and you guys will hear when it happens. You know, um, yeah. Um, there's another ground station they're planning to build. Some really cool stuff. Um, okay. You know, we we uh, I'm not going to go through all the projects. I just wanted to tell you about that one in space weather because, you know, your listeners who are interested in understanding, you know, what to study around in space, they need to go and check that out. There's some really interesting um, things that you can learn from even just our website about what space, how it affects. Uh, you know, the sun, how to fix the earth. Yeah. Okay. That's some really cool, interesting things. So, okay. On that note, let's take a quick, a quick song break and we'll be back soon. Hi, kids. For kids. By kids. This is Hi, kids. For kids. By kids. My name is Mira. And you're still listening to the Chai Kids Show on 101.9 Chai FM. Before we carry on with our interview with Justin Witten, our DIY project for, for today is 
a toilet roll rocket. You will need a toilet paper roll, some coloured paper, coloured cardboard, a pencil or a cookie, some scissors and glue. First, use the coloured paper to cover the toilet roll in any colour you want and to make the windows for the rocket. Step 2. Cut the coloured cardboard for the top of the rocket. Step 3. Choose different coloured paper and the cardboard for all of your things that you need them for and step four hey no step five take the pattern for no take the pattern for the cone and apply glue along any one of the straight ends and bring the two straight ends together by overlapping them and joining them along the glued part press and hold the glued part for a while to make sure that the cone shape is secured and then take the craft paper, um, take the toilet roll that is covered in the coloured paper and stick on the, win on the windows to it. And step six, cut about two centimetres from the bottom of the toilet roll. You'll need to cut four slits on the bottom. Also cut slits along the stands for your rocket. Take any one of the stands and attach it with the roll by inserting it through the slits. And step 10 you have your rocket and you can play with it. And remember to follow our Facebook page to see my rocket that I made and the instructions for the rocket. So you can make it as many times as you want. I have Justin Witten in the studio with me today. So if you have any questions for him, you can send an SMS to 34519 or a telegram to 061-895-1019 or call 0101-403020. Now let's carry on with our questions. So is South Africa planning on sending anyone into space? Mira, no, uh, not at the moment. Um, we're just interested in getting some satellites up there to look at the planet and help us solve some problems. Okay. Is South Africa planning any new projects? Of course, definitely. Always new projects. That's the goal, yes. Mm -hmm. What kind of training do you need to do? do to go into space to be an astronaut yeah oh that's terribly hard i think um we we you know we i don't think we get, we have astronauts from south africa that i know mm -hmm. of um however you know besides the the um training education you know it's 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 quite a, a you know, you need to be having engineering background, scientific background. There's physical training, you know. The the environment to get up out of, you know, to get on a rocket and fly up to a space station or something is, uh, it's tough. 
There's yeah. a lot of uh, forces. The rocket's going at crazy acceleration, going pretty fast. So you physically have to be quite, quite fit. Mentally, you're going to have to, you know, you're sitting in a can in a vacuum. And if something goes wrong, the risk that you don't survive is pretty good, you know. Mm. So that mental toughness is quite important. Okay. So how do people get up to the satellite? So there are rockets that leave mm. Earth. Uh, carrying supplies and people and uh, it goes uh, you know launches out into out of our atmosphere and it docks like you see in the movies it, it docks into the space station mm-hmm. and connects to it and then they can move the people across take people back home and you know get them their supplies it, it literally docks physically yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so this is my brother's question. Um, what type of petrol is used for rockets? Very expensive ones. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's chemicals, um, highly explosive chemicals that that get used and mixed. But not the petrol you get at the engine garage now. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, do people that go to space take a mechanic or an engineer with them in case something breaks on the rocket? Well, I, you know, they, the teams they go up are trained in multiple ways. So yeah. they, you need to know about your environment. I mm. think I think every uh, astronaut has oh. a, a training of not knowledgeable of, mm-hmm. of how to fix things. Um, I know there's some specialized people for that. But they're all going to have to know not you know, how, how not to damage things, perhaps, <laughs> to, what not to break, because uh, you you can't fix things easily when you got no hardware store around, you know. I guess. Yeah. Um, have people ever been to space and not able to get back? I don't think so. I think they've. I think. To my knowledge, all the missions has brought the, uh, our people back safely, or obviously, um, if there was a, uh, an issue out in space, people obviously wouldn't have come back. But there's a hi- it's very safe, um, and and I, I can only imagine. I don't. I can't recall. I don't think there's been any terrible. Dis- you know, what's happened many times. Well, not many, but a few times is. Launching the rocket before it even leaves Earth, the rockets have exploded and people have died on board. That's so terrible. That's, that is the riskiest part. That's very risky. Once you're out there, you know, the hardest part is over. You know, once you're in space, the hardest part is over and you can easily come back, basically. Okay. Um. So... And for my last question, do you think there is life on other planets? I hope not. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't like an alien invasion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah point, actually. Um, so on that note, let's take a quick song break, and after the song, I will count how many times you can say the tongue twister in 10 seconds. You can call now on 01. O one forty thirty twenty. 
Hi Kids For Kids By Kids That song was You're Welcome from Moana This is Hi Kids For Kids By Kids My name is Mira and I'm 10 years old Are you ready for the tongue twister? This is how it works You can call us on 0101 40 30 20 and I will count how many times you can say the tongue twister in 10 seconds. Fussy, please start the timer. I will start. 33,000 feathers on a thrush's throat. 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 I got it five times. And now, let's do it with Justin. Okay, let's do it. Fussy, start the timer. And go. 33,000 feathers on your thrush's throat. 33,000 feathers on 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 thrush's throat. Goodness. Good job. Well done. On that note, let's take another quick song break. Hi, kids. Four kids. Bye, kids. That song was Dip Your Apple from Fountainhead, Rosh Hashanah. This is Ha Kids, Four Kids, Bye, Kids. My name is Mira, and I'm 10 years old. Thank you for playing. Thank you, Justin, so much for coming on Hi FM with me today. And thank you to Senna for being my producer. And thank you to Fussy for pushing the big red buttons. Join us on Thursday for another High Kids show, only on 101.9 High FM. Goodbye, kids. Goodbye, kids. <laughs>